www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. So, so here's David Linder with his um, keyboard all set up for sound effects. Um, man, you know, I, I don't know if I need that much praise going to my head. I, uh, <laughs> I, I feel arrogant now. I, I feel like I need to repent. Um, man, here, do, do that applause again. Where was that? Yeah. football stadium mm-hmm. those are pretty good what, where are those from just in garage band yeah. oh that's good yeah well give, give me the cheer one again <laughs> wait, wait wait okay okay let me say something really cool and and uh get, give me that big cheer um yesterday i had my birthday <laughs> Which is true. Yesterday was my birthday. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. See, if you were on Facebook, I would have known. I yeah, I know, I know. You know, maybe I maybe I like a little level of anonymity. You know, maybe maybe I like some of that. Yeah, that's not good for you. All right. Um, I, I'm I'm just. I had Chinese for lunch today. Hey! <laughs> wow. Is it just applause or? Um. Oh, oh that's me. Oh, and. Oh, yay, the kids. Yeah. Yay for kids. Unfortunately, though, I haven't been able to figure out, you know, maybe one of our listeners can help us out, but I haven't been able to figure out because there are other sound effects like helicopters and. In GarageBand? Yeah, and rain and, and whatnot. Sirens. Well, at least you got the ones that are important. Yeah. Applause and laughter. That That's what I need to feel important in my life. <laughs> But if I could like combine them all into one, wow. then I could just you know mark the keys and I'd know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that's great though. Just uh, man, you know, anytime, anytime I do something great, I want you to hit that. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one I like. The big football stadium. Everyone. Right. Yeah. If I if I had a white permanent marker, I would write on my keyboard and say, "This is the Kevin key." This is Kevin's key. Yes, man. So that one just makes me feel good about myself. That that one just makes me feel like like I did something right, you know? Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah, and those actually sound really decent. I rem- you you remember back in the day? I do remember the, back l- in the like, day, like MIDI, you know, mm-hmm. like the the 128 standard MIDI um uh channels that you had. And, and and it's like it's like one of those was you know I mean I, I 
<laughs> it's like they had, you know, gunshot and <laughs> helicopter whirring, whirling, and, and then they had applause. I think there was two applause on yeah. the on the MIDI, and uh, and they were both just horrible. Um, yeah. And I think wasn't there a laughter one on the MIDI? Yeah, I think there was, and crying and like yeah, wails. Yeah, just just all these really basic sound mm-hmm. effects, but they were like basically cars horrible. driving by. Yeah, yeah, there was mm-hmm. cars, sirens, sirens, yeah, trains, and the, the gunshot. The, I, the gunshot I think was one twenty eight or one twenty seven. I just remember it was always at the end of the sequence. Anyway, all I'm trying to say, man, is sound effects have come a long way. They have come a long since way. Since the days of General MIDI. GM. And, and I think we're all thankful for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. GM. You know, I have this CD in my office. Um, I inherited it from the worship pastor. I know which pastor. one it is because I it was in there when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I inherited it from the worship pastor before me, which apparently he inherited it from you, and you apparently inherited it from... Yeah, that goes back. Probably to Craig. Yeah. Craig Allen, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, yeah, because you you were the interim at Laurelwood from two thousand one to or two thousand two to two thousand three. Uh, yeah, two thousand summer of two thousand two till the end of till December two thousand three. Okay, I mean we're talking eight years ago basically, um, and and if Craig if Craig had it, because um, I I doubt Brian I doubt Brian picked that one up. Yeah, I don't think so. Brian was before you. Um, Anyway, Craig left in like 99 or 2000, somewhere around there. So we're talking the CD is like 11 years old. It's a CD called 150 Spectacular Sound Spectacular. And, and the key word here is spectacular. Yes. Because I listened to all 150 sound effects, and nary a spectacular sound effect did I find. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're you're killing me, man. (laughs) Oh, that was good. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, David. My eyes are watering. Uh, That that was spot on, my friend. Oh, you were ready for that. I've been waiting. You you, you were waiting. <laughs> I've been for... waiting for 60 episodes to do that. <laughs> that was really good, too. Yeah, man, just the timing. It was comedic comedic brilliance, rather. Great timing. Thank you. Um. Anyway, yeah, nary a spectacular sound effect did I find. Uh, the, like, for example, the laughing sound effect. Um, it doesn't sound like a laugh. I mean, it sounds like someone dying, you know? <laughs> like, literally. Um. Yeah. Anyway. See, the sad thing is they're they're actually in my iTunes library because I ripped them. Oh, the 150 spectacular yeah. sound effects. Because you know, you know, five years ago, I didn't own a keyboard <laughs> that had sound effects. So I thought, you know, I may do a I video might, or something sometime, and I, I need, might I'll need use a sound these. Effect. These might come in handy someday. But yeah, I've never used them. Yeah. They're just taking up space in my hard drive. Well, at least it make your song count look big. It does. I mean, it adds it's 150 100, bigger, 150 songs. Yeah, and they're all small files, so like 15 seconds long. Yeah, exactly. That reminds me when when we were kids, I can't remember what it was called, but we had this record, an LP, an actual record. Yeah, yep. and it was and it was sound effects was in the title, but it was like supposed to be this spooky story. Oh. And it had all these you know creeping doors, you know creaking doors, sound effects, and like. <laughs> 
footsteps, you know, across the cre- a creepy floor. Creaky. I can't get the words right. Creepy and creaky. Yes, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and I remember listening to that a bunch growing up. Did it scare you? I don't think so. No? I think I just thought it was cool. Do you get scared easily, David? Well, see, here's the weird thing. I like getting scared. Do you? Are you one of those weird guys? See, like... Because... Uh, like I, I don't I'm, know if it's the adrenaline rush mm. or what, but like when we're watching like a thriller kind of a movie, Ooh. I love it. I love it when you know that that face pops out of nowhere and like wow. scares you to death. See, yeah, I'm the exact opposite. And I jump and everything, but it, you actually and it like takes it. my wife off because you know then she jumps. Of course, yeah. See, I um I enjoy it though. Wow, wow. I, I'm sorry. I, I asked that question just because. Um, I mean, I think that's a that's a good question. It's a good question to ask people. It gives a lot of insight kind of into how they're wired, who they are. And and then you also know not to like sneak up on them from behind. Exactly. That, that there's a great side effect. Yeah. No, but, um, you know, yeah. Asking someone, Hey, you know, do, do you get scared easily? Are you, are you, you know, into scary things or whatever? Like me, myself, um, I, I'm, I'm not into scary things like, you know, not really much at all. I, I don't like scary movies. I don't like thrillers. Well, some thrillers, um, like the mild ones, um, you know, like Unbreakable, um, Bruce Willis and uh, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. M. Night Shyamalan, you know, like, like that kind of thing isn't bad. Shyamalan. <laughs> um but you know, like the like the crazy, crazy, scary stuff. You know, like the Ring and the Grudge. Oh, I and... loved the Ring. No, are you serious? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you're killing me. Any movie that can make you scared of a TV is a great movie. <laughs> yeah, especially like you know when that movie came out. There hadn't been like an actual scary movie in, in a, a long, long time. time. It's true. Like I, you know, I'd seen a bunch of movies and and they weren't scary anymore. You know, because yeah. It had all been done. It was all yeah. the same stuff. But but that one actually, you know, kind of put a little scare back in you. Wow. Yeah, so. and I'm just not in I, I don't I don't like that feeling of being scared. I don't like that feeling of being on edge. I don't like the feeling of wondering what's gonna happen next. Cause, you know, then I go to bed and I'm like I I'm I'm having nightmares and I'm I'm worried and I'm I'm hearing things at night and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what what if you know what if this happens? Or so if somebody crawled out from behind the couch right now, it'd freak you out. Right, right. And you is wouldn't it, like it. Yeah, is that is that what the what was that the Grudge or the Ring or no, no? I was just in general. Oh yeah, no, in general, probably not. Well, it, it depends. I don't know. Like if someone just if someone just comes up and surprises me, that's not a big deal. But if if there's some, it's something about the buildup. It's the anticipation. It's the you know something bad's going to happen, and and it is freaky. And See now, all, all I can do is think of ways to do that to you. You know, I should I should have never I should never even brought this up. Why Why did I bring it up? I don't know. I don't know. Either. It's all my fault. It is your fault. It's the sound effects and then yeah, talking about the record. Yeah, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Which, I'm, by the way, I finally framed my dad's records. Hey. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, because they've been sitting like right there mm-hmm. for a long time. I've got I've got one more to frame, and then uh, way to go, Dad. Yeah, Daddy-o. Four records, my dad. Wow, talk about a different cool. day and time, you know. No, no kidding. Recording on an actual record. Wow, how how would you record like back in the day? 
Do you do is it just like a one take? You have one shot. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and a lot of it was like one take, one microphone, and like oh, set up in the room, mm-hmm. like like the band plays, and they just stick like a big you know microphone, mm-hmm. and just hope that they nail it. Mm-hmm. Huh. And then um, I don't know. They had this like paste or something that they had to put on the records as it was recording. To, to like get the audio on there. I don't I don't know all the specifics of how it worked, but it was weird. Different day and time. Now we just push a button on the computer and we've got so much easier. As many channels as we want. So many tracks. much easier. It reminds me, you know Dan Friesen. Um Dan Friesen plays guitar at Laurelwood. Uh he has this like old like phonograph machine in his yeah, home. I saw it. Yeah, and it's like wild. It, it's the real thing. Like you crank it up, you know, you have to turn it mm-hmm. and crank it. And, and and they had the needles, and you you could only use the needles one time. You know, once you use the needles, you have to get a new needle. Um, and it's it's just like wow, people did this. You know, people people did this so they could listen to music. And I I take for granted. You know, now I just mm-hmm. have everything on my iPod and I press play. And I, you know, I get bummed out when I forget to charge the battery. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. At least I don't have to replace needles and crank it up every time. And it's, they're surprisingly loud. Oh, oh, they are. Yeah. yeah. He actually played it for me, and, and and that's how I found about the needle. I'm like, I'm like, oh, cool. Can we do a record? He's like, well, I only have a few needles left. What? What do you mean, <laughs> a few needles left? What? Well, because you can only anyway. So he he did it. He cranked it up, played played for me a song, and that thing that thing blasted. Yeah. It blasted. It's loud. Big time. Well, hey, um, I guess that kind of segues a little bit <laughs> into chapter... At least we were talking about music. Chapter 9, right? Yeah. Chapter 9. Hey, that's that was like the perfect segue. I think so. Yeah. Hey. Be, be, yay! Good job. See, I feel good. Good work. I feel lifted. No, chapter 9 is all about getting your songs heard. You know, we're talking about how, how does it happen? How do you get your songs out there? How do you, um, you know, how do you publish a song how do you promote a song and uh so it is a good segue because your dad he published and recorded some um uh, some records some phonographs some albums lps some 64s or what are they called 23s 24s 48s no 32 32s 33 33 and a third 33 and a third yeah 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 33 and a third 45 and 78s Wow, yeah, and those are the those are the diameters or the um, RPMs. Oh, revolutions per minute. Mm-hmm. See, I have no idea. Obviously, I'm ignorant about records. Um, anyway, yeah. So, how do you get your song heard, right? What do you do, David? How do you get your song heard? Play it for who? Uh, this is a test. I don't do <laughs> yes. well under pressure. <laughs> Who do you play it for? Um, well, I play it for Matt Redman. And if Matt Redman likes it, then you're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good way to do it. Um, no, that's close. The answer I was looking for was, um, actually, no, there is an answer. I'm, I'm I'm just more I'm just more talking, you know, in general. Let let's say, you know, book aside, let's say I have a song and I think it's a great song and I play it for you and you think it's a great song. What would I do next? 
What would you do next? Well, I think we'd do what the book says and what we both have done. Let's take it to our congregation. Yeah. Take it for a test drive. Take it for a spin. Yep. Let's see. See if it is singable, if it does work in a in a group. See if, if people connect with it, stuff like that. So let me read this quote from Mark Altrog. He recommends that if your song works within a local setting, send it out to the churches that you're a part of and see if it takes off there. That's what happened to him in the song I Stand in Awe, which as great a song on the day he finished it as it is now, it, which it was as great a song on the day he finished as it is now. Um, but it had to have that first hearing in humble surroundings for God to open up the path. It spread until it was picked up by Integrity and recorded on a Bob Fitz album. And from there, it went all over the world. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, that's they're right in the middle of talking about uh, kind of this. this um, the key is write for your local church instead of imagined big projects. Because mm. it's easy to get caught up in, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record the next Hello Love album. Right. You know? Yeah, so... And, you know, like uh, God of the City, it's easy to imagine that that was a song that somebody wrote for a specific city. Right. Like, did Chris Tomlin write that by himself or he wrote it with a couple I of people? I, I don't think. know. Yeah, probably. But um, but that's that's easy to, to imagine that, you know, they were thinking about, you know, maybe some conference or something that, that was going to happen and they wanted to, they wanted to have a song to kind of capture the the heart of this conference or whatever it was, you know, it's easy to imagine that song was written for a specific thing, but then it's become a song that's been used in other cities. So, but, but they wrote for their local church instead of some imagined big project. But, um, yeah. Um, Philippians two thirteen says it is God who works in you to will and to do what pleases him. Mm. And this isn't always a comfortable process. So sometimes the Lord has to do quite a work in us before he can do the work he wants to do through us, which sounds kind of pithy, but, <laughs> but it's, but it's true, you know, if, especially in Christian music, you know, I imagine, I imagine there's a lot less tolerance for, for a huge ego, at least with some, with some Christian music publishers, you know, mm. If you if you uh, were to if you were to you know go into integrity or something with a huge ego, I imagine that would be your demise. Right. Well, and I think I think there's nothing very appealing about someone who walks in. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if if it's a congregation or if it's a, a record studio. You know, a, a publisher house, and they say, "Hey, check out this song. This, this song's hot. You're gonna love it." Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there needs to be that kind of contrite humility, mm-hmm. bottom line. Well, um, and like, you know, you and I and and others are around us kind of going through the same process. We're, in all reality, we're budding songwriters. You know, sure. We're still sure. very new at this. And, and for me to imagine that I could write a song that's as good as, you know, any of the top 250 songs that on the CCL, CCLI list, you know, that 
that's kind of putting humility aside instead of, of clothing myself in it. So, so, Hey, in the time that we have left, I want to, um, I want to talk about this section here on uh, uh, Craig Duncan, the vice president of music publishing and church resources from integrity music. Um, he, he talks kind of, he gives four, um, uh, he, he gives kind of four ideas, uh, four basic, you know, four basic uh, principles for publishing and promoting a song. Um, before that, he starts off, he says, he says this, it's really good. Uh, the role of publishers and record companies is to expand the access of songs. There's a common misconception that publishers and record companies create popular songs and they create worship leaders. Uh, the truth is we don't create momentum for ministry, but we build a platform under already vibrant and active ministries. We don't create moves of God. We document them. A greater truth is that God doesn't need publishers to spread his songs across the earth. He chooses them like any other human vessel. If your music is impacting your city, region, denomination, etc., it's likely we'll hear about it. And I thought, man, that's a really cool way of looking at it. Yeah, and and um don't want my dark side to come out too much here, Uh-oh. but but I don't I imagine that they're fairly unique. And in, in their perspective, in terms sure. of integrity, sure. compared to other companies, because because that first sentence, the role of publishers and record companies is to expand the access of songs. Well, that's not really true. Was to make money? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. And if they're not going to make money at it, and and he talks about that in here, and they have to make money to be able to do it, and so on. And right, so forth. right. But but that's you know. But their role, you know, their view, their philosophy, I think, is unique in terms of of compared to other. But, companies. but I think it is a healthy way mm-hmm. of of us looking at it. You know, it so so I so I don't approach it saying, "All right, cool." You know, I, I got this song that I think is hot, and and I'm going to give it to this guy, and and they're going to make me famous. You know, what what I what I got from that is here's the thing. All right, here's what I here's what I take away. Um, God, in His sovereignty. And infinite wisdom, I think God chooses to bless certain songs. I mean, He does. I, I really think some songs are anointed. Some songs are, just have this undefinable quality about them that when you listen to them, when you sing them, they awaken your heart. You know, they they make you alive in some way. And and I like what He said. You know, God's the one doing that, and we're just merely documenting mm-hmm. it. You know, we're we're merely making it accessible for others. Well, and the songs that have endured for generations are the songs that have been anointed. Yeah, you know this. You know, even thinking back to to David, the songs that he wrote. You know, it's hard to imagine that he he sat down to write a song and, and it was about, okay, well, I'm gonna I want to write this song so I can I can gain popularity over here. I want to write this song so that you know so that everyone knows that I'm a songwriter. You know, so I can get this this deal with the uh with the scribes to be able to do this or that you know david was writing songs for god or he was writing songs to god or about god or what he was experiencing with god and and the and the songs that i think we all connect with the most emotionally are the songs that that are doing that very same thing and so so uh, yeah that's that's cool that that they're looking for those kinds of songs to document. Yeah. So, so four things real quick as we wrap up here. Um, 
four things he says about publishing and getting your song out there. We already talked about it. First of all, number one, share your songs with your current sphere of influence. Um, you know, so that that could be in your church, that could be your friends, uh, maybe local worship leaders. You know, uh, bouncing ideas. I mean, we we have on our on our social networking site, we have a a, um, a place where you can upload songs you've written. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a great place to start. Yeah. And and the next, you know, the second sentence opportunity to start with relationships. That's true, you know. And if and if you don't have relationships with the right people, build new relationships. Go and find some people that you can that you want to have listen to your music, people you respect, or what you know, whoosies and what's nots, and and do that and, and get some more, build some more relationships for people to with people to listen to your music. Dose. Uh, Two, dose, record and distribute a recording of your original song. And, and he says in here that um, that he would much rather, I thought this was great, he said he would much rather get a, um, uh, a demo from a church than from an individual. In, in other words, his thing is, you know, if, if a church is going to help fund and support a recording project of worship songs from your church, that means your congregation has bought into it. And already people are singing it. Whereas if you just put together some demo album and send it off, you know, that's hit or miss. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Number three, attend worship conferences and music conferences. These are the best places to, to develop relationships with nationally known worship leaders and songwriters. And of course he says in their seminars for worship, yeah. <laughs> which is the Integrity uh, Worship yeah. Conference. Mm-hmm. Although I've been to two, three of those seminars for worship. Um, and they're always great. The last one I went to with Paul Balash and, you know, Brian Dirksen, I mean, I, that was the best one by far, but all those places I, I've never had an opportunity to like, just pull Paul aside and be like, Hey man, I got this great song. I mean, I, I don't right. know how often that happens. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and if, even if he does make himself available to, for discussion, yeah, there's like 1200 other people that are waiting in line to talk to him. Right, you know and bring I mean? their songs. Yeah, so. So then, then finally but, for... But, oh, uh, nope. Really quickly. Yep. You do have, um, what was that guy's name? Scott Kerpain. You remember Scott Kerpain? Yeah, I do. Well, and did you know he wrote the, the, the song for American Idol like two years ago that that the winning contestant would record and be oh, their single? Oh, uh, this is the time? This is my now or something like that. Or this like is that. mine, yeah. No, da, 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 da. Face every day, da, 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 da. So, or whatever it was. So yeah, I can't remember it. Leave every moment. Da, 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 da. But yeah, they had a competition. Now. They had a competition for it, and he won the competition. And so you know, his song got recorded by American Idol. Wow. Person, you know. I didn't realize that was Scott Kerpain. Yeah, but I mean, he um, used to be big. But um, I he was at a conference I went to up in Seattle. And and Paul Balash was there, and there were a couple, you know, Lincoln Brewster was there, a couple other big name guys. But he was there, and he was doing a songwriting conference, and there were only like thirty people. And the and his thing because Paul and Lincoln and you know all these all other the big other guys, guys are here, so like we all pretty much had you know one on one access That's to this cool. guy. So there are opportunities yeah. at conferences there that might not be with Paul, but with somebody, right? Maybe Scott. And you know what? I bet he got some mad fat royalties off of that. Yeah, I bet his house was paid off. For sure, man. 
Oh, that's what I need to do. I need to write a song for American Idol and have it be like the the theme song. Actually, he probably didn't get any money. Oh, they probably just bought the yeah bought the rights. They probably to it. owned the song once you know. Oh, that's part of the well, competition. He probably got some anyway. He probably got something for the deal. Yeah, possibly. Number four, finally, engage in limited itinerant ministry, meaning um, be able to share them with other congregations, be able to share the song with churches near you. Um, what, what else does he say? It increases the opportunity for someone influential to hear about your song and to share your name or music with those who can give you a broader platform. Um, you know, basically just finding ways to, you know, cross cross engage or whatever that would be. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think we're out of time for yeah. that episode. So another one in the tank. Done. Episode number 61. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. It's probably not funny to anyone else anymore, but Hey, I, Man, I thought it was it. great when you when you threw that laugh in there. I just about <laughs> died. I just about died. So, uh, worship ministry catalyst. You can find us online at worshipministrycatalyst.com. You can uh, send us an email, David worshipministrycatalyst.com or uh, Kevin at worshipministrycatalyst.com. And you can join our social network, worshipministrycatalyst.com. We'd love to hear from you. I hope we hear from you soon. Bye.